Tonight on the Goblin's Corner, our continuing terrain series, The Temperate Forest. That's how we roll. 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 Welcome to the Goblin's Corner. My name is Eric. And I'm Matt. And tonight, we're doing Temperate Forest. Ah, yes. The Temperate Forest. The forest you've probably been in. Possibly. Unless you haven't. Right. And tonight, we're going to talk about all of the wonderful storyline options, player options, dangers, monsters, societies, and more in the Temperate Forest. For your TTRP of choice, probably D&D, but it could be anything, really. Sure. We touched on a couple other things we, there. We, we touch on one or two things, like Shadowrun would be great in the forest. Chummer. Absolutely. But before we get to that. Got a question of the week. Got to do it. It's like we've done it for 99 episodes. Actually, 98, because we didn't do the first one. And no, we we even do it in the interviews. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, Zoinks. think about that. Jinkies. <laughs> All right, so hit me up. What's the question of the week for the Temperate Forest, Matt? All right. You're in charge of creating a new playable race for the Forest Primeval Supplement. Give me your elevator pitch. What's your new race? Hmm. I have two. Okay. Kind of shocking, isn't it? It it is. First off, I want pinecone people. Okay. And I really don't have much of a pitch for that. I just want pinecone people. (laughs) Do I need any? Yeah, pinecone people. Fuck yeah, yeah, dude. Like, what else do you need? They're pinecones and eventually become treants of some sort. But I think that they should be pinecone people that make other pine trees. So what happens is the tree itself, the the giant pine tree, Mm -hmm. is their society it's not a treant right like it literally just develops pine cone people and they spread pine cones or it, pine seeds everywhere and make right. more pine trees when they die of old age they drop their seeds some of which will become giant pine trees that will survive long enough to propagate their species i love this I can see and that. I can I can I'm see them it. being player characters at some point. Be great druids. Why not? Why yeah. not? Yeah. Why not? They... No, get crazy with it. Why be a druid? Like do Obviously, something ludicrous. Necromancers. <laughs> exactly. Traveling fertilizer man. Invokers. I like the necromancer plan. Necromancer would be great. Yeah. I, I like that too. <laughs> that just seems so ridiculous and yet so awesome. <laughs> and then my second one, you know, there's badger people and stuff like that. But there's not really good badger people. And I was thinking something along the lines, and I was like, well, wolverines would be kind of cool, but nah, that's kind of played out. I want hedgehog creatures. I want humanoid hedgehogs. Okay. Or some sort of humanoid spiny creature. Could be hedgehogs. It could be, what are those, uh, porcupines? Could porcupine people be porcupine nice? Porcupine people. Yeah. Echidna. Echidna would be another one, or the pangolin. That's not forced, though. You gotta save that one. Oh, that's true. That's in. Uh, is that more jungleish? That's more savanna. Savanna ish. Hmm. We'll, we'll, I'll put that on the back burner for later. That's right. Those we, my, we haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. So those are my two. Now, uh, now, what would your uh, creature of the forest that you are trying to pitch be? How dare you jump the gun like that? Ha ha. Um. Matt hasn't I'm, thought of. I'm going to go yet. with a couple. We we discussed one, which is you have lizard men, right? But mm-hmm. they are the the big fairly just monstrous lizard men. No, very, no. very Conan. Lizard men are very Conan-esque. 
You yeah. know, back in the days when it was all like the reptoids and stuff like that. I want a small lizard man. Mm-hmm. And I want it to be an old world chameleon. Base. Yeah. Like hands like these. Yeah. Yeah. Big old like three cone fingers, eyes. They got all the round vision. Absolutely. They got a uh, camouflage. Now you say small. How small? Uh, you know, halfling, gnome. Mm. Halfling chameleon creature would be awesome. It would be like a good version of a skulk. Absolutely. And you know, there are several species that I'm skipping, right? Like, Clearly, they need to bring Kirkba back, obviously. Yeah. Obviously. Hibsel, I've been wanting them to make that a playable, a small centaur. That would be so great. Yeah, we, in fact, if you guys don't know about the Hipsel, go see our previous episode on Custom Fay. That's right. We talked a little bit about that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm foregoing those, and I like... The old world chameleon, I think that would be a lot of fun. I would love to see the character arc for that. Mm-hmm. Because that would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't there's there's a there's a part of me that for no other reason than the lulls would love to see chipmunk people. Chipmunk people? Hmm. That would be hilarious. They would have to sing the song, though. Yeah, man, look, I'm playing the witch doctor. <laughs> you know, you know, it would have. They would have to. They would have to sing the song. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, look up. You haven't seen Alvin and the Chipmunks, obviously. Right. Are you an owner of chipmunks, or perhaps you walk in the forest? Write to us info at goblinscorner.com, or you can reach me, Eric at goblinscorner.com, or me, Matt at goblinscorner.com. And of course, you can find us on all the things. So many things. Yep. Like, for example. Well, primarily Twitter and Discord. That's about it, really. Mostly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we talk on all the other ones if you talk to us, but we otherwise don't. <laughs> it's true. All right. So tonight, we're talking temperate forests. Now, you might think, hey, man, I live in a temperate forest, or I've been to a temperate forest. But surprisingly, not everyone has been to the temperate forest. Maybe Indeed. you live in the city. And maybe you live in large portions of the world that aren't temperate forests. Could live in the jungle. Could live in a savanna. You could live in someplace cold, like Canada. It's true. I don't think the they have tundra. Temp- yeah, the tundra. Ugh, the tiger Mighty forest. Yukon. Yeah, places <laughs> where I would shrivel up and Matt would just rip his clothes free and live wild. That's right. Riding a moose. Yeah, I'm much more of a summer creature than than others. So. We figured let's do the Temperate Forest because it is a big staple of every single fantasy game sure. and novel and movie. And why not do it? Yeah. So why Temperate Forest? It's a classic. Yes. And it's fallen into disuse. And I think that's partially because people feel like it is common or standard. But there are a lot of types of temperate forests for one thing oh yeah and we'll get into some of those as well yep. what are some other reasons why we want to do temperate forests tonight there is a huge huge variety of flora and fauna pretty much most of the monster manual yep but it also allows you to throw in custom stuff that people have never seen before oh yeah you're not limited by stuff as you are in some of the other environments yep 
Now, it, it in addition to that, it creates a lot of really interesting challenges for player characters, for DMs or GMs, yeah. and for just world building in general as well, which we'll explore in addition to this. Yeah. One of the things that's great about a temperate forest, they're also known as four season forests. Mm-hmm. And they change drastically with the weather. That's right. It would be summer, winter, and so forth. Yep. And because of that, and because of the variety of creatures, the variety of elements, the variety of places, nearly anything can be found in the depths of a forest. Could have a mythal just lurking there with a bunch of demons hanging out. Could be elven ruins or an elven city. Yeah. I mean, they love Temper Forest. Green Dragon just chilling. Green Dragon just, yeah, just straight chilling. You know, he's, he's got his, his chlorine breath just kind of hanging out. Drinking some green tea. Drinking some green tea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, he's very feng shui. <laughs> got some green kobolds next to him doing green things. They're yeah. eating green jello. Yeah. Listening to green jello. Uh, that's, that's what you're That I is know, precisely. I saw you your saw face. it. Yep. I saw your face. You I, saw the jukebox in my brain turn on. Exactly what I wanted <laughs> me. He, he knew exactly what he wanted me to say. There you go. That's why we've known each other for a long time. <laughs> and finally, um, as we mentioned before, Matt, I spend a lot of time in the forest as much as I can. You go occasionally. I do like to camp. But a lot of people don't go. A lot of people are city people, right? They haven't spent any real time in the forest. And a lot of people think they know what a forest is like. Until they get into the woods and see some deer and they're like, what is this? Like a lot of people think deer are adorable. Until they hit your car. Or until they beat the crap out of you. Mm -hmm. Deer are skittish right up until they're not. And when they're not, they are violent monsters. It's very true. (laughs) Things like that. Yeah. So, a lot of fun reasons to do a temperate forest, aside from murderous deer, which, by the way, we're adding to the Book of Monsters. <laughs> Murder deer. Yeah, because we've already got to add the uh, the spider deer. And the scythe camel, so we got to have something. Scythe hump camel, I believe. It, it was the saber humped camel. Saber humped yeah. camel, yes. Oh, pardon me. <laughs> so, what is a temperate forest, Matt? Like, straight up, like, what is the... I would assume Wikipedia definition of a temperate forest. Hey, this is the Nat Geo definition. Oh, the National Geographic. <laughs> we're, we're stepping up our game here. So what is that? Temperate forests are any forested region between the boreal forest and tropical forests. They're forests that experience all four seasons. Like I said, they tend to have rich soil and a large variety of flora and fauna. There you go. That's the textbook on it. So pretty much what you expect in a temperate zone Mm-hmm. A lot of different trees, a lot of different seasons, rich soil, conifers and deciduous trees, right? Right. Now, due to its large size, because they can span continents. Right. Because they're busy. Now, on Earth, we'll say that. In fantasy world, could you may only have a small swath of temperate forest, depending upon how you world build. Sure. But generally, in most mythological settings, there's a lot of temperate forests. Right. They go into the woods, right? There's a couple different types. What are those types? You can have deciduous forests. Those are forests where the leaves fall away in the fall and what have you. Sure. Coniferous forests, which is primary pine, spruce, that sort of thing. Mixed forest, which is exactly what it sounds like. (laughs) 
a combination of deciduous and uh, coniferous. And most of them fall into that on some level or another. There are very few, like, pure coniferous forests or pure deciduous. They're talking about majorities at that point. Sure. And you can have temperate rainforests. Oh, neat. Which most people, when you hear the word rainforest, you think tropical. Yeah. They can get in your trusty machete or like slashing through vines and watch out for, you know, for panthers and such. Yeah. But, but you could still have that in a temperate Just, forest too, actually. Now <laughs> I would think about it. So, yeah. So these are usually the type of forest people think of. And these are usually the forests that DMs think of when they say the phrase, you're walking in the forest. Yeah. It's a deciduous forest or it's a coniferous forest. It's a temperate forest. Yes. This is the standard forest for most games. That's partially because generally anything outside of that, if someone says jungle, you immediately think tropical rainforest. Yep. Or... If you're specifically in a northern slash very southern environment, then they tend not to describe it as a forest so much as a snow blanketed, you know, wooded area. They don't usually say it's a boreal forest. You seldom hear that phrase. Unless you happen to be an ecologist or something like that as your day job. Right. So, yeah, generally forest people's mind goes to your standard, generally even deciduous forest. Most mm -hmm. people, I think, don't even really think about a coniferous forest. And I really make the distinction, I would say. Mm. Yeah. As you might expect, we have a couple of challenges living or surviving a temperate forest. Sure. And these are the same things that we generally add in. So we got like things like the terrain and travel and stuff like that. But I think that it's really interesting with the temperate forest because there's so many variables to a temperate forest. It's not like when we did the taiga where there's like a couple of things. Right. And they're super big. They're super important. There's just not a lot of them. Mm -hmm. It's the exact opposite in some ways for a temperate forest. Most individual problems are not super big or super important. They just stack because there's so many. Death by a thousand paper cuts versus death by a giant saber-toothed tiger. Yes. Yeah. So the first thing you can think of is traveling in a forest. Those of you who have hiked understand how easy and difficult it can be at the same time to travel through a temperate forest. Sure. I mean, most of the interiors, for example, are not mapped. Right. And you don't have a GPS unless you're playing something like Shadowrun or whatever. In which case, you do have a GPS. <laughs> right. But even then, the terrain can be somewhat tough. For example, signals are hard to get intercepted by a satellite. So if you're playing in a modern age setting, for example, uh, you might have your cell phone or whatnot, and you can't get any bars. You I know when better I go, have a satellite device. Yeah, I know when I go hiking, I can't get any bars. So that's something to think about. If you're playing a fantasy setting like D&D &D or whatnot or Pathfinder, you certainly are lost unless you've got a ranger. Yes. Or druid. Or druid, yeah. So two reasons to play those. 
Or someone would find the path. A wizard with fly. You can just fly up and look around and go, it's this way. One of the things you have to think about is why you don't have a map going in, you may need to be making a map as you go. Yes. And designate from a game perspective who's making that map. But that also is on the DM or the GM to determine some kind of description for the players to make a map of. Right. I would suggest primarily landmarks, right? You don't want to be like, this is an oak tree. And this is another oak tree. Right. And this oak tree is especially oaky looking. Yeah. You got to you, you want to come up with something like you've traveled for three miles. You've crested two hills. Now you come across a rocky outcropping with a small stream nearby. And the stream is a babbling brook, right? Sure. There's a druid there hanging out. And because it's babbling, you name the brook after the bard. Yes, because a bard won't shut up. One of the things you have to consider is visibility. It's often low due to the density of the plant population. Rich soil makes lots of plants, a lot of trees, a lot of other stuff in between the trees. Now, if it's old forest, like primeval forest, stuff like that, you're going to get a lot more leeway between the trees because they've theoretically grown up and killed everything that's trying to get to the tree, you know, past the treetops. Sure. But even then, you very often, maybe you can see 100 yards before since you're probably not on a cut path because if you're already on a path then you already know where you're going that's that's not what we're talking about here if you're just cutting through the forest you may only have visibility out to 100 yards because of the just the number of trees right Mm -hmm. it's not like they're growing in straight lines for you yes and it should be noted that flying is going to be difficult as well to navigate because when you're up above the tree canopy there's just trees right you can't see down if anyone that's ever been in a plane and flown over some trees or a forest or something like that, can you tell where you are? Sometimes. Depends on how high you fly, I guess. Yeah. But, I mean, if you're a certain height, that's when the dragon flies up. And it's like, oh, look, a tasty snack. Well, generally, the best thing you can do if you've got flies, you fly up, you look for a landmark, you head for the landmark. Yes. And then you just you work it step like that. There's also some things like crossing rivers, navigating through valleys. There's hills and mountains. And I mean, it could be anything. It could be volcanoes. Uh, Yellowstone has a volcano. Which is a super volcano. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a lot it's of trees hanging out there. You walk through the forest. All of a sudden, you see this giant volcano. Oh, well. Who put that there? It's just hanging out. You know, it's just chilling, watching Netflix. Yeah. That's what it does. You might find some areas that are impassable because of different types of vegetation. So you have briars, or maybe the trees are just really big, like mighty sequoias. Yeah. If, if you've got a clearing, depending on where you are in the world, you might have a giant blackberry bramble in the center of this clearing. And then if you try to get through those brambles, you might wind up in the Feywild, brother. Well, there's that. You've got plenty of food now, but a blackberry bramble will tear you to pieces. Also, it's going to be filled with snakes because you know what likes blackberries? Birds. And rodents. And rodents. And you know what snakes like? Birds and rodents. Exactly. And to bite you occasionally. Occasionally. Yeah. And of course, there's also stuff like raging rivers, 
trees that fall. So if you guys know what a widow maker is, yes. big old dead branches falls and smacks you in the head. If I were playing and you set up for camp, they don't check for widow makers. Maybe there's a likelihood that one falls in their tent. Or it's great for one falling directly into the fire and just scattering ashes and oh, scaring and just, the crap out of people. Yeah, and just freaking people out. Sure, yep. sure. Dense undergrowth, as you mentioned. And it doesn't have to be brambles. It could be anything, really. Sure. You could also have stuff like quicksand and all kinds of other like natural things that, what? What are you saying? <laughs> rodents and rodents of unusual sizes? I don't think they <laughs> exist. Yeah. <laughs> You see where I'm going with this? Right? The fire swamp. Yeah. So think about some of just natural things of getting lost in the woods, finding your way through all of it because it's tough. Yeah. And lastly, they tend to be enormous. Yes. And they take time, a lot of time, which means you've got to be prepped for that kind of journey. Now, we also talked a little bit about the elements in terms of terrain already, but let's go ahead and mention a couple other things. So, obviously, the vegetation is going to be a problem. Right. But you're also going to have areas where there are rocky outcroppings. Those are benefits and detriments. Yes. Because they're defensible positions in this, right? They're going to provide you with elevation. So, you know, you, you take the good with the bad, I guess. Mm-hmm. You have large lakes or subterranean areas as well. So cave systems are all oftentimes in the forest. I mean, how many times have you played a game where you're in the forest and you stumble upon some caves and it becomes ancient ruins? Sure. I mean, that's pretty much a trope, right? Yep. And then you've got your good old-fashioned rivers and streams. How do you cross them if they're particularly large? Or particularly raging. Or if there's particular bears that happen to be hanging out on these particular streams. You know, they got to go fishing too. Sure. Yeah. Speaking of bears, there are natural dangers inherent in the forest. I would say more so than many places. Because while you can survive in a temperate forest far easier than any place else. So can everything else. Exactly. <laughs> so just because it's cool for you, it's also great for everything else. Yep. So what do we got in terms of... Natural dangers, Matt. Well, first off, wildlife, as we were alluding to. So much wildlife. We'll get to the, the creatures in a second. Right. The elements. You have to deal with rain. You've got to deal with fog, especially in the forest primeval. The fog can get trapped under the canopy, and it may not burn off during the day. So you get clammy. Well, that and, once again... That whole visibility thing. Oh, yeah. So you can't see anything. So you fall into a pit that a kobold has dug. Yep. Walk straight into a Feywild portal or any other Walked portal. into a nice hug from a very hungry grizzly. Or an owlbear. Or an owlbear. Owlbears do exist in temperate forests. Yeah. There are poisonous plants. Of all sorts. Yeah. Not just shambling mounds, guys. No. Or creeper vines. Oh, no. Just the average poison ivy will wreck your player's day. If you've never had a bad case of poison ivy, then you will never understand. Yep. And you mentioned the elements in general. Now, snow is definitely an element to think about. Wildfires are definitely an element to think about. Yes. And wildfires happen a lot in a temperate forest because sometimes they, they have a dry season. They dry out. Stuff burns. Yeah. Get caught in a wildfire. Smokey the Bear is not going to help you unless he's there. Think about that. And if he's there, he may not be on your side. No. He's like, what are you doing in my forest? He puts his hat on. 
He's got some handcuffs. He like ties you to a tree that's burning. And he clubs you with the shovel. Clubs you with the shovel. If a bad lightning storm breaks out, what do you do? Right? There are trees everywhere. There's no such thing as a safe one to be under. A fallen one, maybe? <laughs> maybe, yeah. I guess that's... The only thing I would define... Find I'm, I'm going to grab Smokey's shovel and dig myself a hole. Beat Smokey with the shovel and hide under him. There you go. Yeah. Uh, and in addition to that, hostile inhabitants, people that live in the forest, like elves. Yeah. You never could trust an elf. Goblins. Yeah, goblins. Can't trust goblins. You can trust goblins to be goblins. That's fair enough. That's the problem. And every other humanoid <laughs> creature that lives in the forest, which, yes. I mean, we don't which have the time. Most all of them. Yeah. Because it's a place that is filled with resources. Including humans. Yep. Let's talk a bit about the unique creatures that reside in a temperate forest, Matt. All right. There, and, and this is 100% not an exclusive list. We're just dabbling, dipping our foot in, because it's literally almost all of the Monsters Manual. Uh, yeah, really. And more so. So much of it. Yeah. Pretty much anything can be in a temperate forest, because it's temperate. First off, you can have basically giant or dire anything. Anything. Right. And you should. Yes. So giants. Yeah. Just just full any, stop. Yeah. Full stop. <laughs> Throw some giants. Hill giants would be great. Right? Forest giants. Forest giants. Yeah. Forest giants. Return of the Vodkin. They don't have those in fifth, do they? Nope. Ah, well, we can add those back. Stone giants would be great. And yep. any other giants, really, yep. if you want to throw them in. Fire giants, sure, why not? Frost giants, of course. Forest fire giants. Forest fire giants, yeah, that'd be cool. Shadow giants. A fire giant wildfire druid. That would be neat. And an awful sort of way. I would love that, yeah, no, no. <laughs> Forest rager, that's what you call it. Plant creatures of all types would also be fun. So treants, blights. Myconids, Vegapygmies, which, come on, man. We all got some hashtag Vegapygmy love. That's another race that needs to be a playable race. Well, we can do that. Absolutely. Fae. So many fae. All the fae. Every fae. They all live in the forest. Yep. Some sort of forest. <laughs> Temperate forest, certainly. Yes. Dinosaurs live in the forest. Yep. A lot of them. And, and we at the Goblin's Corner particularly love dinosaurs and we believe that they should be in every game regardless indeed we are pro dino pro dino yes that's very good goblinoids we mentioned that briefly yeah they're just hanging out in the forest doing what goblins do yeah they're probably minding their own business and if you leave them alone they'll probably leave you alone now we mentioned goblins but not just goblins but goblinoids so bugbears hobgoblins yeah and all the other sorts of goblinoid creatures that your game might have for that matter, most monstrous humanoids can be found in a Jember forest. Knolls. Oh, yeah. Knolls would be great in the forest. Like kind of skulking around, getting ready to hunt stuff. Yep. Lizard folk. Lizard folk would be great. Ogres. Well, we mentioned giants before, so ogres so, would be right up on there. And speaking of that, trolls. Yeah. All the trolls, man. Even scrags. They can live in a lake. It's true. That would be rude. No trolls anywhere nearby. They finally find a lake, and then just a scrag pops out. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And the abolith that lives in the lake with the trolls. What are they called? Uh, scum. 
Yes. When a abolith turns a turns creature into into something else. Yeah. Yep. Additionally, you could have any of the mythological creatures that exist in fantasy or history. I say history, but mytho- mythology. Right. So, for example, basilisks or cockatrices would be perfectly at home in the forest, in a temperate forest. Sure. Unicorns. Unicorns would be great. Uh, pegasi. Mm-hmm. Uh, wyverns. Alicorns. Just go ahead and mix the unicorn and the pegasus. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, what else would be great for that? Um, the hippocampus. The vulpertinger. What is that? That's the uh, that's the pointy toothed rabbit with the uh, antlers. The jackalope. No, no. In the southwest, it's a jackalope. In the German forests, it is a vulpertinger. I just learned something new. You could also have an Al Mirage. You just busting out all the chops tonight, man. That's <laughs> this the, is great. That's the bunny with the unicorn horn. Oh, yeah. You could also have Bunicula. Yeah. That would also be fun. So think about all of those. And in addition to that, stuff like griffins, like your traditional monsters, right? Like griffins sure. or uh, the sphinx would be fine in, in the forest, even though they're more desert-oriented. You could have Naga. Absolutely. Yuan-Ti. I was about to say, going back to the monstrous humanoids, you yeah. could absolutely have Any of the monstrous humanoids would be great. You could have dragons. Yep. Green and gold are especially useful, but it could be any of them. I could see black dragons in maybe like a swampier version of the temperate forest, maybe near a lake. Sure. Giant insects. Oh, yeah. Giant insects would be bombardo beetles or the uh, giant roaches. That'd be fun in the forest. Big giant palmetto bugs. It'd be like Georgia. You could have giant dragonflies and just ride around on them. That would be awesome. I could see a mad halfling, like a halfling inventor. He's kind of steampunky, and he's got a giant dragonfly that he's riding. I don't know why I see this mental picture, but it's awesome. You and I had totally different mental pictures. What was your mental picture? (laughs) So remember the speeder race on Endor? Yes. But with dragonflies. Wow. I want to play Star Wars now and ride a giant dragonfly. That sounds... I was thinking pod racing, too. It would be fun. Dragonfly's like pulling a little cart. Sure. <laughs> One thing we didn't think about, were creatures of all sorts. Yes. You could wear boars, wear wolves, wear whatever. Bears, bats. Yeah. All the, tigers, all, oh my. All the mammals and whatever else you want to come up with. Yeah. And finally... Undead. Undead of all sorts. And this could be humanoid undead or banshee, like the elven undead or whatnot. Yeah. Animal undead. Oh, yeah. It might be some corrupted part of the forest. And you could even have undead treants or yes. some sort of corrupted blight that's messing with the forest. Vegetal undead. So when you're building your game or you're building your story, think about all of these different creatures and how they interact together in a forest. Because... One of the things we haven't mentioned before in some of the terrain series we should is all of these creatures are fighting for dominance of a forest or fighting for an ecosystem of sorts, whether it's a magical ecosystem or whatnot. Yeah. And how does that apply to your game and your story that you're running? Yeah. And we really want to hear about your uh, treant liches. Treant liches. You heard it here first, guys. God damn, that is awesome. (laughs) Oh, God, I'm going to totally have that. Or uh, a treant mummy think about that yeah you know it's gonna be great uh, 
I just thought about all the trees that I toilet papered when I was younger. I, I was going exactly <laughs> okay. in the same place. Comes okay. back as a tree ant mummy. <laughs> all right. We're going to talk a little bit more about the temperate forest, but we'll be right back. After these messages. If there are any topics you would like us to cover, goods or services you would like us to review, or if you would like to sponsor an episode, we would love for you to contact us at info at goblinscorner.com. And we're back. Welcome back. So we're talking temperate forests. Indeed. And we've gone a little bit into the weather report in terms of what you can expect in a temperate forest if you've never been in one. Talked a little bit about traveling and getting around in the temperate forest and spent a good bit of time on the various creatures. And it's literally a smorgasbord of things you can choose. Just flip through the monster's manual, stick a finger down, probably belongs there. Yeah, get a dartboard, just throw all the monsters on the dartboard and just throw one. It's in the temperate forest at this point. And we were just getting done talking about undead treants. Yes. Which I think is a great segue into some of the creatures you would find in the forest from a cultural perspective, because what culture would create an undead treant? Evil cultists. Sure, sure. Think about that. Like a bunch of blighters. Do blighters exist in fifth? Probably not. Well, blights exist. Blights exist, so there must be like some kind of evil druid that creates pissed-off treant creatures. Could be. (laughs) That just seems weird. Might not be an evil Drew. Might be a necromancer that's just like, you know, I'm tired of getting kicked out of towns for robbing graveyards. There's a whole forest over here. Stop the presses. I got something. (laughs) So it's a necromancer, but his storyline is is that he can't grow plants, and that's why he became a necromancer. He has a brown thumb, and he just got mad one day. Because he couldn't keep plants alive, and he's like, "Rise, my children!" Exactly. If I can't keep them alive, then no one will. And he just kills plants. And he walks in with a bunch of herbicide, and then raises them from the grave. Sure, that would be awesome. You imagine a bunch of undead trees just walking around, just shambling around behind the guy. Walks into a pike nursery. Dun-dun. Yeah, think about that. Goes to Home Depot and. And, f- and buys all of the plants that are dead. <laughs> you sure you want to buy these? They're only like a buck a piece. Yes. 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 I have I have a purpose behind these. These pansies will be my minions. And would a druid necromancer be able to animate wood from your house? Now think about this, because technically it's dead tree. It is. Okay. Let's say he succeeds. Mm-hmm. Then what? Well, I don't know. It really depends it on how It has no can... limbs, <laughs> right? Your house is wiggling, <laughs> moving around and such, messing with the drywall. You have to... and letting in drafts. Letting in drafts everywhere. It's how terrible. rude. Yeah. Think about that. It's awful. All right. All right. Let's talk about... We've, we've gone off topic again. Let's talk a little bit about the cultures in a temperate forest. Now, the first one that you would most likely think of would be what, Matt? Forest elves. Yep. Elves live in the forest. Yep. Shocking. I know. But there is a lot behind elves in the forest. Why do they live in the forest? Because they were once fae creatures, or some, depending upon the game, they are fae creatures. Right. And so they have that intrinsic tie to nature. And the forest, particularly the temperate forest, is 
one of those things it's just it's just part of the mythos right yeah i mean even if you look at the original dragonlance books right they they had literally a forest nation if you look at uh J.R. tolkien yeah tolkien had him in the forest forgotten realms had him in the forest yeah kind of a trope but it's also kind of tied to the fantasy concept of elves so yeah they love trees yeah in addition to that we mentioned goblinoids of all stripes that's right and they should be in the forest nice little colony of bugbears minding their own business murdering people yeah some hobgoblins maybe setting up a nice militaristic camp just some straight up goblins just chilling right yeah just doing their thing now a society of blues would be great guys don't know what blues are they're the psionically enhanced goblins yes mm-hmm yeah want to mess with the goblin don't go after the blues i mean you can you, you can you won't remember what happened anyway that's true yeah you might <laughs> that would be a great story you walk in you see a blue goblin next thing you know you're on the outskirts of the camp yep with a happy memory that didn't happen you're 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 a pound of gold short Right. <laughs> this is just like a blue goblin just juggling the the bag of gold. But those baby back ribs were delicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you ate people. <laughs> what else do we have in the temperate forest, Matt? You can have nature communes. So, like, uh, they're often religious, like a like a druidic and ranger type commune, right? Or you could just have mixed communities: humans and elves and halflings that all live in the forest because. There's abundance there. Yeah, it's natural resources, right? There's plenty of game. There's maybe some fresh water from a stream. It's a good place to set up shop. Plenty of places to forage. Many towns started in a forest, and they just cleared the forest and made the town. Yeah. And that's in the real world. Yes. That's how it works. Uh, In addition to nature communes, you could have nature cults. Yes. Now, these cults could be very similar to what you have before, just with a lot more people killing. Yes. A lot of sacrifices could be to, what is the Forgotten Realms deity? Malar? Mm-hmm. Malar well, or Malar? I think it's Malar. Malar? Yeah. The and, Beastmaster? Yeah, the Beastmaster. Not not from the movie, by no. the way. That, although that would be awesome. We should make a deity that's like Beastmaster from the 1980s movie. Sure. That would be great. He's got some werebat friends that dr- drink people dry. Yeah. I see through their eyes. They see through mine. It's a great movie. Beastmaster 2 is not a great movie. It didn't exist? No. In addition to that, you could have deep wood species. So we talked about a couple of new species that we would like, but you could make up your own culture or species in the forest. Do it. Do it. Do Straight it. Up. Come up with an animal. You want some ants? Have some intelligent ants just hanging out. It'd be kind of neat. Sure. I'm not talking formians either. I'm talking like ant size. Like ants. Yeah. Like ants. Like black ants. Well, You know, the big ones, the big pinchers and stuff. Sure. Or you could have fire ants if you live in the south. It'd be a great way to bring back the dromites as well. The dromites. Yeah, I miss the dromites. They have little bug-eyed things. Yep. Now, in the forest, you often think, well, what kind of cultures exist? Bandits. Bandits. That's what I think. Yep. Robin Hood. I was going to say, that's what Robin Hood thinks. Sure, yeah. King of Thieves, right? Living in the forest, a little treetop commune thing. If you're playing a zombie survival game. What better way to have like some survivalists living in the treetop so that the undead can't stumble upon them and such? Yeah. And if you're not playing an undead survival campaign, you can still survive in the treetops. That's where the elves live. Right. 
Lothlorien, right? Sure. Yeah. What else is in the forest, Matt? Trailblazers. Okay. So what do you mean by trailblazers, aside from like Davy Crockett? We've got explorers or explorer societies. You could have cartographers. Mm-hmm. Because anytime you've got a large swath of unmapped areas. Gotta map it. You're going to have people who want to map it. Absolutely. You could have poachers. Sure. Because if there's a whole host of all kinds of owl bears and other mythological creatures running around, gotta have somebody killing them. Sure. Or hunting them for their fur or a wizard wanting to buy the tooth of a beholder or whatnot that lives in the forest. Yeah. Or if you're playing a more modern game, just wildlife film crews. Can't you imagine them just tromping through the forest, primeval? David Attenborough is just walking behind them. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that would be awesome. You could also have, if you're playing a modern thing, medical teams searching sure. for a cure because the forest contains all sorts of things like that. Absolutely. Obviously, the forest contains a lot of trees. And if the forest contains trees, you're going to have loggers. So you could play lumberjacks. Yes. Or you could just ha- stumble upon a team of lumberjacks hanging out. And, and that's a great time to have your beaver creatures, which exist in the forest. Yes, beaver creatures. Sure. They live near the rivers. Of course they do. Also, if you have loggers, that means you have cleared land. That means you're going to have farmers. Because somebody did the job for them. And tempered forests tend to be places where civilization wants to start because of the abundance of resources. Yeah. And so this is a great wedge of strife that you can kind of push in in campaign settings where how much of the forest do you clear? What happens when you kill a lot of the monsters off? What takes their place? Yes. What other societies are formed in the forest? We mentioned bandits, right? That's a great way to have, say, a group of rogues who are trying to escape whether it's persecution or just because they committed a whole bunch of crimes in the city, where do they go? They can't live in the city. They live in the forest. Yep. Another thing you can think about is if you come up to a frontier town that is clearing into the forest and they're suffering goblin attacks, who's really at fault here? Right? If the goblins were already living there. Minding their own business, doing goblin things. Right. Eating people or whatnot. Frogs, who knows? Eating everything. I mean, they're goblins, they eat anything. You can't blame them. You've encroached on their territory, not the other way around. So, work it out. You get the undead treant for that. That's that's your fault. That's right. And that's a fun thing to kind of explore. Another thing to consider also is armies in a forest. That is... uh, traditionally not something that has worked well for them. Yes. Marching an army through the forest would be very difficult if you're playing like one of those settings where maybe two nations at war and the difference between like guerrilla fighting versus say the traditional like lining your armies up in a fantasy setting. Absolutely. That's when you get the Hadazi involved. Yes, because they can just they just roll right through gliding majestically on their wings of skin. I was absolutely making a gorilla fighting joke there. I, I, I okay. know, but I'm, I'm picturing it in my mind. <laughs> sure. Be great. You could have research groups, whether academic groups or corporate groups, or maybe some kind of mystical group trying to find something out. Yeah. They could be out there finding different 
uh, magical reagents and things like what? What is this flower good for? What does it do? Can it enhance any sort of magic? I wish to know the mating ones? rituals of the owl bear. Yeah. It's a deadly occupation, but growl. Yeah, <laughs> do what you got to do. And finally, and most importantly, in terms of say D and D or Pathfinder, lost kingdoms, yes. or ruins in general. Yeah, because why do you go off into the woods to find something? Yes. To adventure. Yeah. You could skirt around. It'd probably be quicker. But that's not fun. And you're far less likely to get lost. And in general, the forest exists and ruins exist in the forest because you haven't found them yet. If you're in some farmland, you're less likely to find ruins because they've probably already been found. Right. But if you're in the middle of the woods where there was a mythical civilization at some point. If some farmer digs up an artifact then whatever kingdom they're in digs up that whole field. They, yep. That is immediately getting excavated. But if it's dead in the middle of a thousand-mile forest, no one knows about it until someone shows up. And then they got to bring a lot of gear because they're in the middle of a thousand-mile forest. Exactly. Or some good teleportation. Now, we have a couple thoughts on lost kingdoms in terms of how to make them flavorful for your campaign. And one of them is, is think about what you want the players to know about the Lost Kingdoms. Sure. Now, it could be absolutely nothing, and that would be fun. You just stumble upon a ruin, right? And it becomes a dungeon crawl. Yep. You know nothing about anything. But if your players have a bard on their team, you're going to have to make some stuff up on the fly. So think about some rumors or stories about the ruins they stumble upon. Oh, this is the mystical city of... Dwarven beer masters, and they created a beer that was so good it turned everyone into undead or something. So good. They just zombified them. They zombified them. They they pickled them. Yeah. They are the pickled. It's it's dwarven undead where they drink so much they pickled themselves, not just their liver, but their whole body. Would you say it caused them to be dwarven spirits? Yes. I would say that indeed would cause them to be... Dwarven spirits, Matt. It's funny because you're the dad. I know, I know. I I (laughs) set that one up and everything. Didn't even think about it. Jesus. (laughs) All right. So there are more ruins in Temperate Forest than other locations because people are more capable of surviving there. There's abundance. There's plenty of building materials. It has everything you need to start a major city. Yeah. So statistically, you should have more ruins in temperate forests than other forests. Yep. Or basically anywhere. Yeah. There could also be ancient tech or magic within these ruins, and there should be. Yes. If you're going to roll into an ancient forest, make it a nice story, right? Give them an artifact or some kind of ancient evil that's waiting to just be freed from the half-destroyed mythal that's Held, holding it back. Like a whole army of demons. Yeah, let them Mr. Magoo themselves into a cataclysm, I say. Yes, you do say that. I say that often. You have <laughs> said that, what, two games ago? <laughs> it's very true, yes. <laughs> it's, yeah, look, it's sometimes, it, sometimes it works, right? It's a trip that works. Sure. Give them something to mess with and press buttons, and they will press those buttons and free the creature. And then you've got a great campaign. You don't have to think about it. What did Terry Pratchett say? 
If there was a big red button and a cave that ended the world with a sign that said, do not touch, the paint wouldn't dry before someone pressed it? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. One of the things you get to think about is what was the tech level of this situation, whether it be actual technology or arcane technology, where were they at? Some sci-fi examples, you could have literally the whole like ancient aliens type option. Oh, that'd available be fun. To you. Yeah. Yeah. Some, some space tech. You could have a place where the ruins are actually things like, uh, Cheyenne mountain, right? Where the bomb shelters and all of that for military installations were. And so the tech is going to have been very advanced for the time mm -hmm. it was down there. And there may be things that are available that you can't find otherwise because they never made it out of the mountain. They, a lot of it may not be what would be considered high tech, but there may be certain little bits and pieces that were random like experimental type things that you don't find because it didn't go anywhere and that would be kind of a fun thing to follow too if you're playing that sort of campaign you could also do prehistoric examples as well sure you could always do magical stuff like magic tech think also some places in the forest particularly ruins could be portals to other places maybe the first humanoids came from a different world, and the first portal was deep within a primeval forest. Yep. It would also be a very fun place to put prehistoric ruins, and you could have examples of prehistoric magic items or prehistoric artifacts. Or prehistoric creatures. Yeah. More dinos. More dinos, or, you know. Dinosaur magic armor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dinosaur yeah. magic armor. Screw dragons, man. This is even better. Ankylosaurus armor. Yes. That would be very awesome. Triceratops helm. Well, you got to have a big head for that, man. It's true, but when you charge, it's going down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so these are just a couple of examples that you can use for your campaign. Now, we also have a whole bunch of themes for the Temperate Forest, like we do. Right. And these are just a couple of examples, but... We find that these have mo flavor. Sure. Let's talk a little bit about some of these themes. Obviously, a theme of travel is a big one. Right. And getting here to there is always a fun thing to do. A lot of times people use these in campaigns to get loot for the characters, right? Yeah. It's five days to get from this city to this city. You're traveling to the forest. Let's roll some pre-gen tables, right? Here's some encounters. Let's roll for some encounters. And that's kind of fun. It can be. One of the fun things you can do with a forest is make the forest the shortcut, assuming things go well. A shortcut is the longest distance between two points. But if you're taking the road all the way around the forest, then it theoretically will take longer than going straight through. Mm -hmm. Unless it doesn't. Until or unless you find something interesting along the way and maybe take a couple days. Yep. You could be, so exploring is another option as well. Yeah. Or you could be on the hunt for something. Or someone. You could be hunted. Yeah. That, like we were talking about, that whole uh, 
bandits in the woods thing. Yeah, a little Robin Hood action going yeah. on. Maybe the law's after you and you just need some place to lay low for a while. Absolutely. I love the concept of primal spirits and primal magic that you've added here, Matt. Yeah. And there's a couple subcategories amongst all of that. What are some of those? Old Fae. Yeah. I mean, come from the forest, throw some Fae in there. Or the concept of maybe the origin of Fae would be really neat. Yeah, get to the heart of the forest and, and find the Feywild literally leaking into the world. Could be the origin of like Prime Fey versus things that came across. Come across a big glade in the middle of the forest and and it's just like a big circle of fairy stones. Yep. And it just, just leaking out. And just bathed in green and gold light. And nothing but butterfly wings everywhere. Mad creatures just dashing about. Everything's got butterfly wings. Sure, yeah. Even things that normally have other wings. There's birds with butterfly wings. You for walk no in reason. and you've got butterfly wings. You're sure. Like, what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> we tap into last episode. You've got butterfly wings. Absolutely, yeah. I did. It's great. <laughs> you could have druids and, sh- and should. should have yeah. druids. Yeah, yeah. This you want to play a game full of druids? This would be a great place to start in the temperate forest. Yep. And any kind of archetype of druid yeah it doesn't matter whether you're the raging charging i turn into a bear druid or the i call lightning druid or the wildfire druid (laughs) burn it all down burn it all down to the ground and start this ancient forest over (laughs) reset Let's, let's talk a little bit about new growth it's a good place for original archetype artifacts like what so, what if you've got a druid artifact literally from the center of the birth of the forest, right? An acorn from the very first tree. The first stick. The first pine cone. Sure. That'd be kind of neat. Turns in and walks around. It's like, hey, listen. <laughs> Little fairy pine cone. Sure. You could have rangers. Hey. Imagine that. Nobody uses them anyway. You might as well use a ranger in your forest. You sure? I'm sure somebody uses rangers in their game. I Rangers have their uses. It's Wait. true. It's true. They keep paladins from drowning. You could have totems or the way of the forest. That yeah. would be fun. And of course, one of the constants for a forest is magical animals. Mm-hmm. We mentioned a bunch of them. Right. One of the things I really like, though, is the concept of anima or animus and spirits of nature. There's a lot that can be done with that, especially if it's of a specific location. Like you might have, uh, you can do commune with nature and all of that, and that's going to encompass the concept of this whole forest. But what if you have a spirit of this glade? or this outcropping. That would be cool. And what you're referring to is the genus Lokai of a particular area, which would be neat. And kind of going on that, you could think of the forest itself as a singular entity as well, which would make an awesome patron, guys. Yes. Think of a warlock patron of the forest. I want location patrons, 100%. And particular forest would be great. The Blackwood yeah. forest as a patron versus, I don't know, the Western Heartlands forest as a patron would be way different than the forest of, what is it, Evermeet? Yeah. 
Very. Very different, right? That'd be kind of neat. Something to think about. You could also use the concept of surviving in the woods. And we've mentioned this on various other terrain series, but it's always a fun uh, concept to think about in terms of gaming. It's somewhat reversed in a temperate forest. Yes, hunting and gathering. It's not going to be hard to find prey, right? It's not going to be hard to find food. What you're really looking for is hunting and gathering the correct things. Yes, because there's a lot of stuff to eat, but it might be poisonous. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff not to eat. And there's a lot of stuff that wants to eat you. Yep. And so survival in there is more against various creatures and stuff. And we mentioned, of course, getting lost. Sure. So that's always something to think about as well. And fun to throw characters in. New worlds as a concept. You've got things like logging adventures slash misadventures. Sure. There's a concept of border zones in the conflict between civilized world versus the forest. Sure. A lot of uh, cultures believe that the forest is chaos and represented by chaos versus law in a city. And so you can explore the differences between law and chaos. How cool would it be where everything is chaotic in the forest, everything is lawful in a city? Yeah. You could also, for the whole border zone concept, talk about where planes meet forests and that transition happens. Transition zones are really fun to explore in games anyway. Yes. The encouragement of civilization. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. Talk a little bit about like some climate change or, you know, People just defiling nature. Yeah. That's where you get the undead treants, folks. That's right. Jacking up the forest, they could come mess you up. They toilet paper your house. They've got plenty of it on them. That's right. Don't screw around with the oak lich. That's right. The fight between the natural world and the world of humanoids. Yeah. Imagine having a war between the fey creatures of the forest, like centaurs and satyrs and um, nymphs and stuff against like loggers like humanoid loggers and stuff like that like uh maleficent yes yeah you get to run that whole campaign army and it could be a lot of fun depending on which side your people are on absolutely and finally the concept of old worlds and old worlds can encompass a whole bunch of stuff but a couple examples could be elven cities sure evils trapped in ruins Places of power, so we mentioned like mythos and stuff like that, but it could also be like mythical locations for certain magic or boons. Yeah, or just straight weird stuff like a dragon graveyard. That would be cool, yeah. Green dragon graveyard. Something like the first glade or the first druid grove. That would be a, definitely a place of power. One would think. The bridge between the first world and ours. So we mentioned the Feywild, like a rift in the Feywild. This could be a rift from maybe the original concept of the prime material plane. That'd be kind of neat to explore. Yeah, I wonder what that world looks like. Yeah, that'd be Let's neat. Let's dive in. Sure. <laughs> see uh, see where all the gods made their tweaks and, and what evolution actually happened. Simply the ruins of once great civilizations. Something to explore. Yep. Or civilizations lost in time. And that could literally be lost in time. Yeah. There are, we have civilizations in our world which repel modern influence. 
Great place to put them is in the forest. Yep. What a wonderful theme to think of. And finally, things buried. Absolutely. Sometimes for good, you think, but usually to wreck destruction after the player characters have unearthed it. Apocalyptic world-changing things. Yes. Like the Tarsk. Be a good place for the Tarsk to sleep, right? Sure. Just chilling in the forest. No one's going to mess with them. What if it's just a giant seed that proceeds to try and terraform the whole planet into a forest? That would be awesome, too. We should play that game. That'd be fun. Start sprouting and encompasses the moon. Sure. Just a giant tree sprouts up and wraps around the moon. That was an anime. I can't remember what anime that was. But I think that would be awesome as well. So there you have it. A couple of themes, some civilizations, and and creatures, of course, of all sorts, and surviving in the temperate forest for your campaign. A lot of different things to choose from. And so many. Yeah. In fact, more things to choose from than probably any of the other terrains. Yeah. And we feel pick a theme. Pick something that works and run with it. Yep. You can't go wrong. No. Literally, you can't. It's yeah. it's a it's huge playground. Super easy. Make some charts up, go to town, have a lot of fun, let them explore, let them get lost, maybe kill them off. Who knows? Question or comments? Write to us. Info at goblinscorner.com or you can reach me. Eric at goblinscorner.com or me, Matt at goblinscorner.com. We're on all the things. Matt, what are some things we're on? Well, we're on Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, and Twitch. As Goblins Corner. And Instagram. As The Goblins Corner. Do you like our program? Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite player, YouTube, and Twitch. If you could do us a favor and click five stars and give us a review on iTunes or Podchaser. And for YouTube... If you could do the whole like and subscribe and comment and all of the good stuff that boosts our show and feeds the hungry algorithm. That's right, or the undead treant will come after you and toilet paper your house. I like the oak lich. The oak lich? The oak lich. Yeah, that's nice. Guys, this is our 99th episode. Next week, we're going to be doing something we've never done. We're doing a live episode called Fuck It, We're Doing It Live. Absolutely. We're doing it on Twitch. Yeah. It's going to be on April 2nd. 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Come join us on Twitch. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you can't make it, no big deal. We're going to post it someplace else after the fact as well. But we'd love to have you on Twitch talking to us. We're going to take caller in questions. Yeah. We're going to have chat questions. Chat questions. We're going to pre. We're going to get some questions from Twitter and we're probably going to drink you. on air. No. Yeah. It's going to be. It's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> Feel free to join us. Uh, I'm so happy that we've made 99 episodes. I can't wait to see what happens when we make 100. And we're going to keep going, guys. We're not stopping. So uh, because of you, we have done this, and we're going to keep doing it. I feel like there's like a, a 99 episodes, but a Lich Ain't One yeah, kind of joke in there. Thank you for going with it right there. <laughs> That's all the time we have for tonight. Once again, my name's Eric. And I'm Matt. We'll see you next time. Have a good night, folks. The Goblin's Corner is written and produced by Eric Holden and Matt Staples. Show song by the mighty D20. Don't we love that guy? Sure. This is a subterranean production.